Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of 12 Million. I am Darren Jenkins. I am Akbar Majid. And on today's show, we're f- uh, this is a first, actually. We've never, I don't think we've ever had two guests at the same time, which is kind of cool. Um, but more importantly, two dudes who I'm re- like, as I read your bios, I'm like, damn. Seriously, um, Evan F. Robinson, who has been recognized by Forbes as a Forbes under 30, um, Black Enterprise, the Kaufman Foundation, and Justin Schaefer, who, uh, you know, just a little bit of work, you know, being featured on ABC News, Forbes, and NBC, Afrotech, for a lot of the work you guys are doing, which is, um, you know, why I kind of was excited to have you here on the show to kind of, you know, Talk about your passions for for you know putting forth information and sharing knowledge amongst Black people in this new world we are in, um, where NFT is is just crazy. But let's start from the beginning, I guess. Let's like how. Well, you... just they're just welcome, 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 yeah. welcome, brothers. How you all doing today? <laughs> Guys, Justin, you could go first. Yeah, yeah, we're on top of the world, man. I think, uh, I mean, I know Evan's coming in from Mexico. Mexico, wow. So, yeah, we we decentralized and we're all over the place. Yeah, things are going good. Things are going good. Building on both parts. Um, as you as, as both of you brothers know, we're really building out the high-tech heroes NFT community. That's been a lot of fun. We've been building a lot of momentum around that community, educating the community first on a lot of things, all like NFT metaverse related. Um, getting ready for that release of the NFT as well. And just, you know, just building and galvanizing our community, making sure that we're staying informed um, and, uh, and strategic about like how we uh, invest our time, information, and resources in, in this world and in the technology space that continues to grow um, right in front of our faces. Definitely, definitely. So we, before we get into the NFT metaverse, I want to kind of step back a little bit and, and yeah. one, just kind of see, you know, one, how did you all get into tech and then how did you all meet? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure thing. So, funny enough, um, I actually started at Accenture years after Evan and his co-founder, Jessica Santana, who's also on our, our team as well. Mm. Uh, we ended up actually starting at the same tech job in the beginning. Um, and I actually met Jessica in an entrepreneurship program, an incubator program I was in. And uh, that's, she's, like I said, one of the co-founders of the project. And Jessica ended up introducing me to Evan. And, you know, we've been working together kind of side by side in a lot of different projects and collaboration for years. And we're like, yo, I, you know, I, we realized this crypto space, we realized the innovation that was happening in this space. And we were like, this is an extension of our work. This is the future of empowering a generation of young people who may be traditionally underrepresented in tech and other fields and and taking them to the next level, actually giving them the opportunity to put money in their pockets. And so, you know, we brainstormed for a little bit and then we, we got into the lab and started cooking. Mm-hmm. And cooking, yeah, and just, cooking is good too, man. Yeah, we're cooking. Um, and then, you know, just my, my segue into technology 
uh, was through exploration, to be honest with you. Like growing up, um, going through college, I was in a lot of corporate finance, investment banking programs, but I had a fascination for technology. And at that time, technology wasn't as lit or popping as it is now, where a lot of people want to get into the space. And so I kind of took um, a hunch of like wanting to learn more about technology. I turned down an uh, IB uh, job and decided to study tech. Um, and then, you know, that came as a result of me studying abroad in Hong Kong and just really just thinking about where we were headed as an economy and where the new uh, job creation and wealth creation was going to be. And then fast forward, um, you know, Jessica and I, um, and I'll let Justin talk about a lot of the work he's doing on his own, started an organization called America on Tech, which is really a, a, around uh, preparing the next generation of technology leaders, um, you know, decreasing the racial wealth gap. Um, by creating equitable pathways into degrees and careers in tech. And as Justin just said, when we started, to, we were all individually doing our own thing around NFTs and crypto and in the metaverse. And we kind of came together to say, okay, we need to inform our communities. We need to inform the culture, like what is happening right now. Like there's a lot of wealth being created. There's a lot of like things quickly um evolving and we took a step back and say okay let's collectively come together as high-tech heroes to to build community around this information and make sure that we're all informed as a collective community and culture about where um you know where tech is now and where innovation and tech is headed mm -hmm. uh, i came across this article um to a few minutes ago, um, and it said something like 23% of African Americans are um, in the crypto revolution, as, as, it, as it was reported in a, two recent Harris surveys. I, I feel like every conversation, meaningful conversation I've had about crypto or NFTs or metaverse, it's mostly been a room full of us, which is I'm I'm very excited about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's such a cool opportunity. You know, one of the things I like to think of in the crypto ecosystem, and these are conversations Evan and I have had, is like one of the largest transfers of wealth in the history of the world is happening right now. You got all this old money and traditional finance that's been locked up in banks and investment accounts, and people are recognizing that, well, there are some actual increased efficiencies in cryptocurrency. And so, you know, this old money is moving into these new institutions and people that are early adopters like us and other black folks that we're getting on board have this unique opportunity to be ahead of the curve. Now, obviously, a lot of this stuff is still speculative and risky, but I mean, it's exciting nonetheless. And I think the best thing we can do is use as a community our creative energy to become producers in the crypto and NFT space and not just consumers like we've traditionally been in social media and all these other Web 2.0 platforms. Right. Yeah. So just, just for kind of the layman, so what if you all can break down as quick as possible, what is the metaverse and what is an NFT? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna take this one in there if you wanna, if you wanna circle back on it. So I like to think of the metaverse, right? And so these are two completely separate concepts. First things right. first, metaverse and NFTs, two very different things. The metaverse, what I think of as the metaverse, is the 3D connective tissue of the internet. So the best way I can describe a metaverse concept is if you ever saw Ready Player One, it's a pretty popular movie with Steven Spielberg, or an even more futuristic example of that would be The Matrix. 
right? Ooh. This virtual world that you live in that kind of connects different ecosystems, right? That you already use on the internet. So a great example of how someone may use the metaverse in the future is let's say we have this podcast interview, but instead of doing it in this 2D form factor, I got like a VR headset on, right? And I'm, you know, maybe able to move around in an open space, like the open space behind me. And once I log out of the VR headset, instead of actually like clicking out of the app, going into a new app, I just leave the room physically and like use a map to find the next email or the next team meeting I have. And that's in a different room. And then I'm going to go play tennis with my friend, virtual tennis. And then we're knocking a tennis ball back and forth. And these are all happening in 3D space on the Internet. Um, so, yeah, that's the first thing. And I would say NFTs, though, are um, completely different. So the best way to think of the modern interpretation of NFTs is like, uh, and Evan, like I said, feel free to fill in here, but like digital collectibles, um, you know, they're like one of one digital collectibles that can't be replicated. And so if you think of po like Pokemon cards, hmm. right, uh, or sports cards or baseball cards, basketball cards um, that we used to collect, the digital version of those that is verified on the Internet, the same way that a social media account can be verified, NFTs can be verified as one of one as legitimate purchases. And so, um, like I said, right now it's art. And I think for a while it's going to be art. It's empowering these artists through what's called smart contracts to essentially create um, opportunities to make passive income in perpetuity off of this sell of their art. So if I'm an artist right now, I sell a piece of art for $100, I can literally write a smart contract in my NFT, in my collection, and it says anytime it's resold, I make 10% off of that or 15%. Mm. Right. And um, and so it's this really cool opportunity that gives it, it puts the power back in the hands of the creatives. And I think per capita, black folks are the most creative people in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I you know, uh, we've we've had our hands in music. And how long have we've had these issues where an artist has created an, a, a unique, you know, work of music that somehow gets stolen by someone or you know um gets you know pirated and and they lose all the money that they could have earned through you know traditional digital platforms like apple music mm -hmm. and spotify and you know it, it's i think this is it's it's such a great thing what do you think um what do you think is the most hard thing for people to understand when they're talk when you when you're talking about NFTs? Like what? Because I always wonder, like, with whenever mm -hmm. there's a new techno technology shift, there's a little bit of a lag when people people are afraid about getting involved, and it's usually because they either have a mis like a, a misunderstanding of what it's supposed to be, or they're just there's certain things that you're just not grasping yeah i would say is that just the, the vocabulary the terminology to be transparent with you and i think with any industry every industry has its own kind of like buzzwords and terms and i think what we try to do at high tech heroes nfts the reason we have these uh, webinars is because we're breaking things down in layman's terms we're simplifying information right mm. so for example 
when you hear about NFTs, a lot of people are talking about like utility, utility, utility. And I always make a joke, like when I first came into the NFT space, when I hear things like utility, I thought about like water, gas, electricity, my utilities. But in reality, in the NFT space, a utility is basically just a perk, a benefit, a membership access, right? Mm. So making sure that terms like that are simplified so that when people are getting introduced to NFTs, they understand it. And I think a lot of times, that's the biggest barrier, like getting people to just like understand the concepts and understand that like this is it's actually super simple when someone explains it to you and they not try to hold these words in front of you as like gatekeeper information. Um, and then I think that's the biggest thing. And then I would say the second part of it is just the um, getting over the hump of like something new. Like mm. when we're talking about this transformation of wealth and we're talking about this new kind of journey into information, the unknown is scary to a lot of people, right? Um, and when you when 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 a lot of people are scared, it, it stops them from wanting to learn, right? Because they don't want to go into this new space. Um, and then one person I want to bring up is because I'm just thinking out loud is like Nas, right? Like Nas and his um, Hate Me Now um, song, he talks about like uh, man fears what they can't conquer and things like that. That's just like right. the theory of man. Um, and when you both just brought up, when you just brought up like the concept of music, like NFTs are even taking over the, the music space, right? Wow. So like Nas had released um, an NFT um, in the form of like masters for two of his tracks. And it was so popular that the site had crashed, right? Like wow. even the game, um, you know, the uh, the game, the artist, he released uh, NFTs to some of his music as well. So the NFTs are actually even building, gaining popularity when we talk about the music industry. There are a lot of artists, um, Tory Lanez, um, Tory Lanez, you know, he has a lot of controversy around him right now, but right. even Tory Lanez, he was one of the earlier adopters in the musical space to release <clears throat> one of his um, albums as an NFT and he generated like a million dollars. I think he was selling it for like a dollar or something like that. Oh. And he generated over a million dollars. So the NFTs are actually coming over to the musical space and being adopted and artists are realizing that this is another way for them to generate income and build, you know, um, community with their fans. Wow. Uh, that, that, um, you know, I, is crazy because in, so here's the thing I'm worried. I, I kind of was think I'm thinking about like, so you see in the news, so many different like i actually had a friend of mine like last week tell me that he's working with this music artist to create a new nft for her her album and mm -hmm. she made something like eighty thousand dollars the first week or so or first something i was just like wow that's incredible we hear stories of like like that similar things is that more is that you know, I'm worried people will like see that and go, oh, you know, this is easy. I can make a million dollars really, but it's not that easy, right? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's almost like building an app, right? And mm. like, remember, there's a time maybe five, 10 years ago, everybody wanted to build the next app. Right. Everybody has an app idea. We probably all still got some app ideas <laughs> in the back of our minds. Like, yeah, I probably should make that an app. But we know that it takes a long time and the standard keeps raising, right? right. Maybe if you started an NFT collection in 2019 or even 2018, the barrier was lower, right? Like, oh, you could just pretty much kick out art 
and be like a relatively unknown artist and maybe you were able to do pretty well once people like traffic and eyeballs came to the space right but now because all that traffic and eyeballs and attention and interest is there the bar has been raised higher and that goes back to what evan was saying about utility so you know nfts have now become more than just i'm just gonna put my art out and hope people buy it but it's also about like what specific perks does the art the video the music uh the paintings the, the photos what do those things come with as a part of being in this community and you know that's at high tech heroes what we're really focused on building Mm-hmm. so just i know you mentioned earlier about the volatile nature of the space right now um what would you all suggest for people who are interested in getting into the space or learning about the space kind of what steps should they take initially right as opposed to because you know darren mentioned you hear about you know i think a couple of weeks ago there was a big drop so people lost money you hear with open sea you know i think like a million some dollars were um scammed or, or take it you know so you hear a lot of different things from one extreme to another what would you all suggest for someone who's looking to get into this space kind of what steps should they initially take that's a great question so i would say you know first educate yourself and that could be individually or collectively and that's why we host the webinars at high tech heroes so like high tech heroes nft is what we're launching an nft but we're just not launching an nft we're we're trying to inform people mm. and individuals about like what it means to be in this space so we're hosting webinars about like what is an nft how to buy your first nft like how to evaluate an nft project and a roadmap how to build your own nft collection and so we're giving these fundamental tools so that people can be able to do their own due diligence and assessments around like nft projects they want to be involved in to be transparent with you the biggest thing that i always tell people is like look for nfts that are associated with real people right so like evan floyd robinson is a real person justin schaefer is a real person right. and we're in front of this project so like if something goes wrong you can hold us accountable to it and a lot of time in the nft space and a lot of times in, in the um and just in the digital space the nft projects are being ran by avatars so you can never really tell like who's the people behind the project right. you just kind of see like these digital pictures um and so when we're talking to our communities like look look into these people like see who's behind the project there are a lot of projects where they're selling out and part of their roadmap is like they're going to do x after they sell out and then they disappear with people's money or mm-hmm. like people's crypto right and so really take your time at conducting your own due diligence about one, you know, what Justin just said, what are the utilities? What are the benefits you're going to get or being associated with and buying into an NFT project? Like two, who was who the team, right? Do you think that they are trustworthy people? Are they going to be reliable and hold up to delivering what they say they're going to deliver? And then third, I always just tell people like make smart investments in whatever money that you are deploying into the NFT space. Like make sure this is capital that you're okay with losing, right? Like not every project is going to be successful. Um, and so like, make sure like whatever cash you're investing into NFTs, like it's not going to really put a, a dent into you, into your, your day of life, um, mm-hmm. your day-to-day life. And so just investing wisely, these same like financial principles that you would take investing in the traditional stocks or funds, like take that same kind of mindset when you're investing into the NFT space. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, I want to just add to that too, Evan, like, uh, on, on a tangible note, there's all kind of platforms like cryptocurrency exchanges that are pretty easy to get into. Coinbase, Gemini, 
uh, to just open up an account really quick. And the cool thing about crypto that you can't actually can't do with a lot of stocks is you don't have to spend almost you can spend almost next to nothing to get some skin in the game, right? Like a lot of times you have to spend what is it like thousands of dollars to get in on a company like Amazon, but you could literally put a dollar in Bitcoin today and watch how the price the price fluctuates. But I think the best way to actually get invested in learning about the space is to put skin in the game. But just don't put all the skin in the game before you understand the game. So, I, you know, I, I love to use the term DCA, dollar cost averaging, um, you know, where, you know, you're putting a little bit in over time as you're learning more and as you're discovering more and as your uh, appetite for risk increases over time. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's like just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in old days, the old days, people used to take money and five dollars out of their check and put it in a can and put it at the top of the closet you know what i mean and that was their idea of saving for the future but that same five dollars instead of putting it in a can you take just take that five dollars and you go over to coinbase and you know what i'm saying like every month or every couple of weeks whatever and that way it, one it's not as painful for you to be you know like from a you know paycheck standpoint but the other thing is that if you don't pay, if you just do that without thinking about it, like if it's automatic, um, you'd be surprised in a year where you'll be, you know what I mean? And it's also like, I, I know like it's a scary thing too. And so you get people who keep pulling their money out, putting their money in, pulling their money out. <sighs> you, you know, at some point you got to decide what you're going to be like, you know, you got to decide to either you're just going to ride or die and, and, but to your point, don't throw everything in there because that's that's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. You, you hear about those success stories, right? They're like, oh, I put my life savings in a Dogecoin and then it yeah. blew up and now I'm a millionaire. And I feel like, it, I mean, those are kind of hilarious and they're also exceptional, but yeah. that's definitely the exception, not it's the rule. Right? So, yeah. uh, you wanna, so that's, I mean, that's another thing that we try to do with High Tech Heroes is like, we're trying to be like the level-headed people that you can trust in the space that aren't just capping. Like, there's a lot of hype in the space. A lot of it kind of, we were talking about this other day, it kind of, it kind of feels like a pyramid scheme. Like, you know, people mm. trying to invite you in and, oh, come join our thing. And, and we're kind of, we're more in the pocket. You know, we're like, look, we've been entrepreneurs for a minute. We've seen, a, we've seen quite a bit. And so, uh, you know, we want to help y'all learn and empower y'all at the same time. I love that you're doing yeah. the, the webinars. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I would just say here before we segue over to like another question or conversation spot is like, now is the time to invest. You have to, right? Because we have this thing above all of us called inflation, right? right. And so like, if you are putting your money in a can on top of the fridge or stashing it under your bed, or even just have your money in a general savings account, like inflation is beating you right now, right? Yep. And so if, if it was going to be a time where people had to say, okay, I got to get in my investing bag, it's now. Because yep. you need to be putting your money into places where it can grow so that you can <laughs> not get beat by inflation in yeah. similar terms. Yeah. Right. And so this is the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're listening to 12 million. Today's guests are Evan Robinson and Justin Schaefer, co-creators of High Tech Heroes. So we're going to jump right into that. Right. So I know we've mm. been kind of flirting around exactly what High Tech Heroes is. But so how did it come about? You know what's what's the latest? When is it actually dropping? And you know, so give us the. I the, definitely want to know the, when it's dropping. The info of high tech heroes. 
Justin, you want to take over the, the beginning stages and then I'll talk more about like when we drop in and stuff. I don't know, did we? He might have frozen. Okay, we might have frozen with Justin, so I'll jump in. Um, yeah, so what happened was, you know, we were just having a conversation, uh, Justin, myself, and, and Jessica. Uh, and Justin, I see you're back on now. We were just talking about, like, what's the founding story of High Tech Heroes and when we're going to drop. Uh, myself, Justin, and Jessica were just having a conversation around, like, NFTs and, and needed to get more involved and most particularly like getting our community like the culture our culture particularly black and latinx communities like involved in the space and then uh we had another co-creator tony who was an artist and so the four of us collectively came together and just said hey we're going to design our own nft collection that's centered around like diversity in the technology industry. Um, and then what we realized once we built our NFT collection, it was like, we can't just launch this NFT collection because we need to grow with our community. So before we even launch our NFT collection, let's take a step back. Let's design these webinars that we currently have going on every Sunday right now um, from 4 p.m. PST to 7 p.m. Uh, between 4 p.m. PST and 7 p.m. EST. Um, where we're educating the community, right? Like we want to talk to people about like, again, like how do you buy an NFT? Like how do you assess an NFT, NFT project? And so for us, it was from the sense of like education as well as dropping our own NFT project that was really focused on utility. Now, in regards to, you know, when we will be dropping that as an NFT project, um, we're aiming right now to be dropping the High Tech Heroes NFT collection in April. Um, and so we'll definitely have the both of you, like, on our on our, on our our list um, as to keep you informed about, like, what's going on on, on our side. Yes, please. Because, uh, you know, I, shamefully, I haven't gotten into NFT just yet, but I'm because I'm assessing, I'm doing basically uh -huh. what you guys are have recommended. I'm looking at the players that I want to invest in first before I dive in. So mm -hmm. um, I saw, I'm actually very, I, I, this one webinar that you, you're doing called How to Create an NFT Collection for the Culture. I want to be, I'm definitely going to be on that call. Um, can you tell us just, I know you can't give us too much because, you know, you want people to tune in, but you can tell us like what, what was your thoughts about uh, when, when you decided to do this particular webinar? Yeah, Justin, you want to take that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we know again that our people are the most creative people in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, personally, you know, myself, Tony, Evan, Jessica, we, we all to, together have a lot of creative people that follow us that are interested in what we're doing. Um, and even when we start talking about we're launching the collection, we're like, we're launching a collection. Everyone's like, oh, I've been trying to figure out how to launch my own collection. And so, mm -hmm. you know, while we're obviously we need to promote ours, we want to promote and, and help people explore how to promote, how to create and promote theirs. And, um, you know, again, I think it's a bigger picture thing here. Like when I first got put onto NFTs and this was probably July of 2021, um, I met a, a, a cool guy, uh, but a white guy who made a million dollars in 19 days off of his collection. And, um, you know, I, and then he referred me to all these other people that are doing it. And every single person was a white guy. Yeah. And so I'm like looking at the space, like, well, we are like very underrepresented here. Uh, if we come in here and disrupt this space and we bring other people with us to put them on, like we could really own this creative space. 
um, as a community, as a culture. And so that's like where the for the culture part comes in. Cause you know, we see the potential, like all these collections don't even have no swag to them really. Right. So, you know, we're, we're creating a collection with swagger and empowering other people to create something uh, that's similar with, with high tech heroes. Mm-hmm. And just to speak to that webinar, essentially during the webinar of like how to create an NFT collection for the culture, that's going to be led by Tony Weathers, who is our um, our artist in residence and like the creator of the actual NFT collection. So she's going to be walking the uh, attendees through like the design aspect of like how we came up with the collection and all the things that she's leading on the side of the team. So that'll be focused around like you know, uh, design concepts, everything she used, and then how we actually like rendered all these different NFTs. So that's really going to be on the design side of the house um, during that particular Sunday. That's really important too, because I know we talked about people acquiring, but there are a lot of people who want to create their own NFTs. And I think one of the questions a lot of people come, come to is how do they do it with without being an artist or being a graphic designer or like, do they need to be that per that kind of like, what's their level. And I'm seeing on open sea photographers, I'm seeing sometimes, you know, it's almost like very much like the art world where it's very subjective. Like what, what this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that, I think you've got to almost approach the creative side of it, just like you were approaching creating like a work of art in a, in a museum, you know, like to, from the standpoint of art is subjective. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's so subjective, man. And I think anyone's art can pop if it resonates with the right crowd on something like OpenSea or Rarible. There's a lot of other marketplaces out there. And, you know, like some people might take it very seriously and spend like hundreds of hours and putting together a single piece, uh, like a 3D animated piece that does all these different bells and whistles. And then other people like CryptoPunks, right? Like, what was yeah. that, five years ago, they made these little characters that look like something from Tetris. And, you know, that now is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, it's really about, you know, attaching meaning to your art as well. And that's something I really want to hammer on. So you don't have to be an artist to do that, right? Like you don't have to be a a skilled, talented graphic designer specifically, or even a musician or a videographer or photographer. Anyone can attach meaning to their art, but it's about really building a strong community to support it and, um, and keeping the momentum going to sustain it. Uh, and so that's that's what you know that's what we're trying to model for other mm. people. Mm. So beyond the kind of the the initial step of NFTs with art, particularly art, um, where do you see the space evolving to? Like mm. you, know, you know, we talk about you know the transition from Web two to Web three, but where do you see Web three going? Right? I mean, over the the next couple of years or so forth, where do you kind of see the, the space evolving to? You want, you want to start on that one ever and you want me to take it? <laughs> um, and I'm done. I'm, I can take that. Yeah, so I think right now you're just going to see it just going deeper, right? So like Web3 is is, is a compromises, a comprises of a lot of different things, right? So we're entering this space now where in, when we're talking about Web3, a lot of people are talking about cryptocurrency. You have all of these, you have countries like El Salvador who, who are adopting like Bitcoin as their currency. You have China 
who has banded cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, like yeah. as a result of China banded cryptocurrency, you have all these people that were in China that were like crypto data miners, like going across the world to continue to do mining. And so a lot of things are shifting, right? Because of Web3, and this is not for me to go down a different rabbit hole, but like because of Web3, what you're going to see is like environmental impacts, right? Because you see environmental impacts, what's going to happen? You're going to see different like uh, governmental impacts, right? That's going to impact the way that uh, certain political parties are pushing policy, right? So there's all this different connectivity just because of Web3. And I won't go down that rabbit hole, but right. this is the way that we need to be thinking and understanding that Web3 is just not a term, right? It's, it's really going to be impacting our day-to-day lives. It's already impacting our day-to-day lives. We're like in Web3 right now. And so right. the big thing for us is like, that's why we're so focused on like, educating our community, the Black and Latinx community, so that we can understand this trickle effect that's going to be happening culturally and globally as a result of Web3. And so again, so just to answer that from a simplified way, I see it continuously have an impact on various different sectors, right? And then even when we come come back to what the space that we're talking about right now, like NFTs, NFTs, you know, right now people are looking at it as art. Right. right. But then I just mentioned, you know, the different other form of art with it being music. And now you even have people that are launching like membership access to restaurants in, in the form of NFTs, meaning like you can't get into this collection of restaurants unless you hold this NFT in your in your wallet. Um, right. And so there's all of these things that are happening as a result of Web3, and right. you're just going to see things continue to be innovated on. And that's the, the simplest mm-hmm. way I can say it. You're going to see all these continuous uh, levelings of innovation as a result of Web3, and particularly like where we're headed in the space of technology. Yeah. One of the things I'm most excited about, and Evan, you might have touched on it a little bit, was virtual real estate. So yeah. a lot, there's a lot of platforms out there right now that have a bunch of open land and literally you can buy a piece of that land for i mean relatively speaking a cheap price but there's some people they're like but why am i buying something that's not real <laughs> right but it's like the same reason you would buy a domain or a social media handle with a blue check like it has value value in this intangible way that we all understand and so you know that's virtual real estate is nfts like you buy virtual right. real estate as nfts mm. and so you know these are just some of the building blocks of what the future of Web3 is going to be. It has this opportunity to completely disrupt all of the dominant players in Web 2.0. I'm talking the Facebooks, the Snapchats, the Twitters, right? These people that basically made money off of our data for years. There's now an opportunity for people to have control and ownership over their own data. And again, this is really early. It's really early. And so, you know, mm. the space is still evolving. And that thing is that that's the most interesting part about it. Mm. You can't you can't go to a degree and learn. You can't get a degree in Web3 in school right now. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you, yeah. you got to really like put your ears to the ground, get in one of these kind of communities like ours where we're just hammering away and, and, and teaching and learning about stuff on a constant basis. Mm. There's I, mean, I think people are just going to have to get over the the fact that um, what you consider um, property or ownership is no longer reserved to the physical space any longer. And Correct. Um, mm-hmm. the sooner the sooner they get used to that, the 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 easier it will be for them to kind of wrap their heads around all of these different things that are starting to transpire around them. And uh, 
That's crazy. Yeah, we've seen it in the gaming industry for a while, right? I mean, in in buying and games, you know, clothes with avatars, um, you know, digital photos. I mean, you know, we we rarely have physical photos anymore, right? So we've seen it, and I think it's been preparing us for, I think now people have just put terms to it, right? Yep. (laughs) And figuring out how to, that's the question, is how to monetize it all, right? So. Mm -hmm. Like you have companies like Panera Bread, like Panera Bread is out here filing for different things in the metaverse. And I know our conversation is more around like NFTs, but like Panera Bread, you have Adidas, right? All of these major companies that that are household brand names are investing. Um, you have all of these companies that are spinning out divisions, right? And all of these titles. You look if you're on LinkedIn, right? Like oh, you see a bunch of people being promoted to like head of metaverse for their company. Right. And these yeah, people weren't doing these, right? Like these people like, weren't doing what? anything metaverse related <laughs> before, right? And so it's like it's a new space for everyone. And I, I say that as not a joking matter, but I say right. it as a way to break down that like this is stuff that anyone can learn. Right. If you yeah. see people popping up with the title of like lead metaverse, like metaverse lead for their company, and then you click on their LinkedIn and they had not they had nothing metaverse related before, <laughs> that should be an indication to yeah. you, the indication to anyone listening to this podcast. Like these are concepts, these are terms, these are things that I can also learn. And I should put the battery on our back as a community to get out there and learn all of the things that we need to learn in order to make sure that we're successful and that we're sustaining ourselves. And, and as we enter this this new phase of technology. Mm, yeah. And you guys are smart because, um, you know, it's not not often. Probably I, I haven't seen this done ever where someone who's creating the NFT is also educating their, their customers before so that way they can be knowledgeable enough to understand the value of what what is happening here you know i think that is truly a unique experience and you know i'm hoping that um people will will learn about what you're doing and say this i need to you know take advantage of this opportunity to learn because you know it's like it like with other things in like we've seen down the road, eventually that knowledge becomes locked behind a a, brand, a wall that only certain people can afford to get. And it's going Correct. to eventually it will happen. So like Justin and I, I'll let, you know, Justin talk more about himself, but we're, we're average people, right? I don't, I don't want to use the word average people, but I mean, like I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a proud Brooklynite. Right. I grew up in East New York. I grew up in Brownsville, Bushwick. And so I say that as to filter down that like I come from the I come from humble beginnings. And as a result, I'm not here to cap my community. I'm not here to lie to my community. I'm not here to lie to anyone that will be to potentially buying the NFT that we will be releasing. We're really here to like really like we're saying, move the culture forward and making sure that people like us are being informed correctly, right? Like they are getting these fundamental building blocks of information that they need to, yes, potentially buy an NFT from us or take this information and buy their own NFTs from somewhere else. The information part about what we're doing at High Tech Heroes NFT is not just centered around what we're releasing, right? Right. It It is a civic responsibility on our end to make sure that we are informing 
our communities so that they can be informed to make decisions for themselves. And as a result of this information, the ideal, the long-term investment here um, is that, right, when they have this information, it can, one, make them more uh, entrepreneurial, right? And as a result of them being more entrepreneurial, it hopefully results into access capital coming into their life that can then improve the household, make them more politically engaged, right? There's all of these trickle-down effects that information can happily have on the households that we're looking to reach through the platform of High Tech Heroes and the individual platforms that both Justin and I are running. Mm. But Justin, I'll let you talk about, you know, your side of Chicago and everything. Yeah, and right. Yeah, that's a tough act to follow, man. I'm not going to say too much more. You, you can almost drop the mic after that one. But I'm from I'm from the south side of Chicago, man, born and raised. So, mm. you know, that, you know, the, the essence of, again, like reaching back and, and, and giving stuff to people that look like us that, um, you know, but not even just giving from a benevolent standpoint, but empowering. Right. So that, you know, they can take that knowledge with them and, and do with it what they want to do is the essence of why we started the work that we're doing before we started High Tech Heroes. Right. Like Evan and Jessica starting the Miracle on Tech was literally to empower a generation of kids to do high school work. I do work as Mr. Fascinate. I travel the world speaking about science and technology. I do science TV shows with kids. And, you know, all that work was because of this mission. And so this is the future extension of our mission. Mm. Right. So it's interesting that you touched on that because I was going to kind of ask both of you, because I know you have both done work in STEM, right? With, you know, Evan with American on Tech and Justin with Mr. Fascinate is, you know, you, you know, you've done a lot of work to kind of get our community into, into STEM, right? Um, so I mean, one thing that I, I believe I, I was watching something that you said, Justin, is but the question is how do we compete with kind of sports and entertainment with mm-hmm. getting our community into tech, right? Into this next phase, right? There's a huge opportunity, but how do we, you know, how do you all, how do we engage to kind of get us to say, now is the time, as Evan said, not five years from now when now we've moved on to you know, something else. So, cause we right, tend yeah. to jump on after the fact. Yeah. I'll start this one off, Evan. I think a big part of it starts with media. So I lived in New York city for the past four years. That's when I really connected with Evan and Jessica. And, you know, I was doing STEM after school programs in four of the five boroughs in New York. And I recognized that, you know, I could only reach a certain amount of kids. And at the end of the day, like you said, I'm competing with ESPN as a role model for sports, MTV as a role model for music. Right. And so I, I moved out to Los Angeles was that eight months ago now to take STEM to the media, to show people that through media, they can be dope things. They can do dope things in the context of STEM. And I think it's through that glamorization in media uh, that we'll see that, you know, everyone today is a content creator, whether or not you agree or support or understand it. This is a piece of content that we're creating together right now. And, you know, when you start to look at yourself that way or look at your company that way, um, then it it changes the voice that you can have and and the reach that you can have. And so uh, we're going to continue to put out educational content after this webinar series on behalf of High Tech Heroes and, of course, on our own accord as well. Mm. The only thing I would add there, too, is I I think because not not think I know because of social media, like 
right now, we're on your podcast. You're able to have your own, you know, your your live stream, your podcast, your your communication channel. You're holding ownership of this, right? right? And respectfully, like Justin and I are holding our own ownership of our own kind of like brand because of the channels that we have. When I was growing up, when we were growing up, that wasn't always the case. We were limited to what we saw as success, particularly when we're talking about the Black and Latinx community. So as a result, we had a limited scope in regards to what we wanted to be. I'm not that tall, but when I was growing up, I wanted to play basketball, right? And so every day, like I had my basketball shorts on under my jeans. I was one of those kids that was wearing my basketball shorts under my under my jeans, going to school, and I was ready to just play ball anywhere because that's what I saw, right? I saw Allen Iverson. I grew up in the Jordan era. And so when I thought about success and what it meant to reach a certain pinnacle apex in my life, I re- thought about a lot of times that being like basketball to be transparent with you now we're in a space now where you see entrepreneurship at a high at one of its highest points particularly when we talk about the black and latinx community because of all of these distributions of platforms that we can now hold our own kind of branding and marketing around right and i think this puts us in a place of power because now you see more kids wanting to be the next Justin, right? You see more kids wanting to be the next Evan because we're showing up as our authentic selves. We're not code switching when we're coming into spaces. We're not, I'm not changing up the way I speak, right? I'm coming in as me and I'm showing students and, and other young adults and professionals that you can be successful in this space and look like X, Right. And as a result, I think when when we're authentically showing up like this and controlling the narrative, as we're the four of us are able to control the narrative here in this platform, you see, um, you know, others being excited about coming into this space of entrepreneurship, coming into this space of business, coming into this space of media, coming into this space of like technology, where traditionally the funnel that that was the, the relatability funnel wasn't always as strong as it is today in the space mm. that we that we live in as a result of technology. Right. Yeah. And you know, so we had another guest on our show um last season, Melissa Hayslip, who whose father's um had a TV show, Mr. Soul. And you know, that show to me is kind of like 1.0 of the message, right? Basically bringing all these talented black people together under one roof and helping show people, you know, other, you know, people, you know, you could be more, you, you, you don't have to be, you don't have to settle for what you see, which is more about what Mm -hmm. you can imagine. And I think, you know, 3.0 of that conversation is everywhere now to your, your, your point, which is podcasters, black podcasters, black musicians, uh, black artists, black writers, black doctors, black lawyers, black we're NFT all, creators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all part of that, you know, 3.0 of the message that we're trying to, you know, every time we, that's why I feel like it's very important to have, you know, role models like yourself, regardless of whether you aim to be or not, being able to like sh- have like this positive, um, it, you know, message that is being conveyed every time you are in media, whenever you're on a website, whenever you're on a conference call, and you know, it's just it's very important and like to have that message always be. You you know, there's more. There is more. There's absolutely more. And we can help each other achieve more 
um, through education, through messaging, through media, through, you know, through just two minutes of conversation. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think what you guys are doing is very important. And I'm very happy that you guys came on our show today because I think a lot of people need to understand, like, what the metaverse is, what NFTs are, all these things. And they need to, I think they need to care about how it is going to affect them mm-hmm. uh, be, beyond being rich. Like I think being rich is nice, but understanding how this is going to infect you beyond being rich is more important. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. So, yeah, so I don't know if you all know, but 12 million was inspired by the Richard Wright's book, 12 Million Black Voices. And one of the things that we asked our guests, all our guests that come on, is is there a book um, that you're currently reading, I've read in the past, that you recommend to our our listeners? One of the ones that comes, I mean, I I always get overwhelmed by this question because I I think of like a a million books, but... (laughs) One of the ones that I love is uh, I don't know if you heard of this one, Evan. It's the it's a biography of Reggie Lewis. It's called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And his his daughter actually, yeah, she she runs like an after school uh, coding program. I, I don't know if she still does, but um, but yeah, like it's a really good book about a black man who is the first black man to build a company valued at a billion dollars. And read it when I was in college, and it was one of those books that made me think, like, yo, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, I ain't trying to do what everybody else is doing, <laughs> you know? Um, so, Justin, I actually got two hard copies of that book, right? Oh, because I read the first one. I read, I read the first one so much that, like, the uh, the pages started to come out the seam. Uh, and that's probably one of my favorite books. The other book that I always recommend um, is two books, actually. Uh Kobe Bryant, Mamba Mentality, How I Play. It, mm. it really put me in a perspective of like understanding like the work ethic that goes into being great, but most importantly, the team that you need to put around yourself, right? Mm. So like in that Kobe book, like he was able to excel because he had trainers, people that were like helping him stretch, exercise, cook from at home, all those things. So it, it gave me a deeper lens as Evan and as an entrepreneur, as a business person, mm. the understanding of like delegation certain aspects of your life, delegating certain aspects of your life out so that you could be great at what you want to focus on. The other book that I would recommend is Earl Graves, like the, the, the founder of Black Enterprise, How to Succeed in Business Without Being White, uh, Straight Talk to Making It in America. After I read mm. the Reginald Lewis book in college, that was the next, right around that time, that was the next book that I had read. And those were two fundamental books that made me understand that I could be great, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times as people of color, what stops us from being great is this sense of like imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome and just like feeling like we don't belong in a, right. in, in a certain rooms. Yeah. And I have the fundamental understanding now that like when I show up in a room is because I belong there, right? right. Um, and then I'll stop there not to make it long-winded, but <laughs> those books installed in me the confidence that I have today. And because of that confidence, that's why I'm able to break down certain barriers and not be afraid of showing up and able to do well, because I have removed that mental block in my head that many of us have that stop us from reaching that certain pinnacle in our life. And so those are three uh, books, you know, the Reginald F. Lewis book, uh, the Earl Gray's book, um, and then definitely the Kobe Bryant, uh, Mama Mentality book that many of the listeners should go check out. Definitely. Wow. 
three three good books i i i think i read mama mentality which is so good super good i did not read the original lewis one that is going to be on my reading list so so yeah so as you mentioned high tech heroes is 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 launching but you know for our listeners where can they get in contact with you all follow you all kind of yeah, so we have a website, hightechheroesnft.com. Also, our social media page, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at hightechheroesnft. That's H-I tech heroes NFT. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can also find us individually. Like like Evan said, we're real people. We're not just avatars hiding behind a character. Uh, so, you know, you can find us individually on our platforms as well and, and reach out to us. Drop, drop your, drop your handle, Justin. What's your oh handle yeah, you can find, find me. Yeah, you can find me at Mr. Fascinate. You know, you can Google Mr. Fascinate. I got a few pages uh, in, in the search engine optimization on that. Uh, so, what about you, Evan? Uh, you can find me at Evan Robinson across all platforms. That's E V I N Robinson. Um, and again, like just we're going. The big thing that we're going to hit on the head is that we're real people. So definitely feel free to reach out to us on all platforms. Talk to us about NFTs, um, anything. The work that we're doing collectively as High Tech Heroes NFT, as well as the work that we're doing individually uh, with Justin, with everything that he's doing, and what I'm doing with America on Tech. So always happy to be dropping knowledge and building community um, and pushing the culture forward. Mm. And uh, everyone, their webinars, you have to go. Just the next one is on 227. Why are NFTs valuable and how to make NFTs valuable to you? Um, Everybody get this knowledge while you can, seriously. Regardless of whether you're going to buy an NFT tomorrow or not, I think it's very important for you to, to, to take on all this. And they, I mean, there's, um, if, you, if you've missed past ones, they, there's, there's links for past ones. So you can check those out. Yep. Well, guys, um, this was so educational for me. Um, I'm so, like, happy that you guys got to stop by and talk you and you guys are welcome to come back anytime you'd like definitely, actually definitely. You, you when you drop you should come back we're yeah. gonna take you up on that i guess that wraps it up for us then um akbar you have anything you want to share before we go no i mean i think this was definitely informative i mean we could have gone so many places. It was, yeah. it was actually harder to keep it in pocket than I it was. So but I think we did. A, I think we did a good <laughs> job uh, keeping it in pocket. But you know, I didn't want to get selfish and ask a whole bunch of personal questions. But you know, we we could do that in the future about the NFT space, the metaverse. Um, but no, this was definitely great. Um, love connecting with you all, and love to see what you all are doing and what's coming next. Absolutely. It was great to be here with you two brothers tonight. Thank you for having us. Really excited to see everything that you both are like building on your own and collectively and looking forward to, you know, more things to come. Um, really appreciate you having us on the, on the show today. Thank you. Absolutely. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. And uh, for anybody who wants to follow Akbar, they can find him on his new Twitter handle, Rise Majid. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm on I'm on the, as Darren Jenkins 919. And of course, we hope you will listen, comment, and su- subscribe to our show. 
um, which is a 12 million show across Instagram and Twitter. I am Darren Jenkins. I'm Akbar Majid. And this was 12 million. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.